Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Ever wonder what it's like to play in an MLB game? Play Loud is your exclusive look into the fun of the game as we mic up the league's biggest stars and follow them with dedicated cameras both on and off the field. Watch game time reactions to some of the biggest plays and follow your favorite players as they chat in the dugout with their teammates between innings. You never know what you're going to see or hear. It's baseball like you've never watched before. Tune in for new episodes of Play Loud only on the MLB YouTube channel. MLB YouTube channel. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Nobody on the road, nobody on the beach. I feel it in the air, the summer's out of reach. Empty lake, empty streets, the sun goes down alone. I'm driving by your house, don't know... You're not home, but I can see you. Your brown skin shining in the sun. You got your hair combed back and your sunglasses on, baby. I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. All right, if you aren't going to subscribe to The Bradfoe Show after listening to that, then I don't know what to do. Go to iTunes, subscribe to The Bradfoe Show, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, please, please, please. Uh, we've been cranking out some good ones all summer long. You, Mookie Betts, Sander Bogarts, Jackie Bradley, Matt Barnes, Mike Napoli, Stephen Wright, uh, top prospects, top topics, you name it, The Bradfoe Show has been at the at the forefront when it comes to trying to entertain and inform in podcast fashion in this baseball season and throughout the summer. And speaking of the summer, the summer is over. The water country passes are officially expired. I went to the beach. There's a nip in the air. I sat by the uh, my fire pit and sang uh, that song that you just heard. This is it. The summer is over. And sort of reflecting on it, it's weird. It's been a weird, weird summer. That's the only way to put it. It's been, And I have nothing to do with going to London. It's just been a weird summer where you you come away from the summer months of the baseball season and you don't really know what you just saw. And as we sit here, it's there five game Red Sox are five games back with twenty five to play. It's you know, it's the Jim Carrey scenario, so you're saying there's a chance. I mean, I guess, I guess. You look at you look at what they have going forward, pl- set out a plea 
to my fine people on Twitter, and thank you, everybody, for following me. Thank you for following the Bradford Show. Uh, and I said, hey, listen, you know, I have plenty of reasons why this team can't make up this ground. Give me some reasons why they can. And here's some examples. Kyle Manning, because it would be entertaining to see the Yankees fan worry. Uh, you have Jeff Richardson, because they are champions with their backs to the wall. I appreciate both of you weighing in. But here's the thing. This is where we're at right now. There's, you're coming off a road trip where you're 6-2, and two, eight games, and your starting pitchers have pitched 30 innings. That's not really sustainable throughout the edge of autumn that is September baseball. So anyways, we took this podcast to sort of reflect on what we saw. It's, I guess it's hard to define, but what we saw in this these summer months of baseball. And also another big part of this, it's the end of summer, but also the end of an era. And Michael Silverman of the Boston Herald, or formerly of the Boston Herald, is going to work for the Boston Globe. After more than 30 years, Sunday was his last day, and I worked with Mike at the Herald. Great guy, great reporter, and anytime you have a movement like this in the media, it's worth diving into. Not only to give the guy a pat on the back, good job, excellent job of finding a, a another spot, uh, another spot which you are going to enjoy, a, the next evolution of Michael Silverman and anytime you can have the next evolution of anything, usually it's a good thing, but also to sort of reflect on their, this lot in life, the media matters, you know, what this all means. So I think it's a pretty good podcast. We're going to be cracking these out every Monday and Wednesday, even through the off season. It's part of pod combination station. Listen, subscribe to all our podcasts, WEI platform and uh, especially this one. Like I said, iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star review. It's very, very simple and it's very, very free. All right, so let's get right to it. Let's start with the end of an era, and that is one, Michael Silverman. Michael Silverman is retiring. So, <laughs> Michael Silverman uh, is not retiring. He's, uh, he's <laughs> taking the next step in his career. Um, and uh, Michael Silverman, of course, I guess now formally, officially of the Boston Herald, and now officially, well, soon to be officially for the Boston Globe, and uh, and a a, um, a frequent visitor on the Bradford Show. By frequent, I mean he's been on a couple times. I think once or twice. Uh, that's uh, that's <laughs> this is my debut. Is it, no, it's so, not. That's so not long, true. I must be going. That's Hello. not. That's not true. Anyway, uh, but first of all, my congratulations. I know that it's been a busy day for you uh, today. As we're taping, you had just finished your last story for the Boston Herald. When you hit the, when you slapped a thirty on that, as they say in the business, <laughs> was uh, was that something? Was it? Did did a tear run down your cheek? Uh, that must um, have been a little bizarre. <laughs> You know, it, it it did not. It was a little bit anticlimactic, frankly, because just you know, at the end of the day, you're just like you're ready to uh, just just get out of the ballpark. So um, you know, did I have a chance to code you know the first letter of every paragraph into some kind of goodbye or you know ode to Pedro? No, I did not. I didn't hide any messages or do any treat it any differently than any other article. So you didn't mail it in either. I. I <laughs> Well, I'll let the readers be the judge of that. But I don't. I. I don't think I did. Okay. Um, well. Well. I mean, I. Austerity I w- will be the judge of that. Okay. Well, what we know is what the the judge and jury has already cast their vote on your fine career so far, Michael Silverman, 
And 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 so, in case people don't know, as we said, you go in the Boston Globe. Can you give a uh, a bumper sticker version of what you're going to be doing? And uh, I would imagine it's the at where so and so intersects with so and so. That, that, exactly. Okay. The word intersection, I, I don't know. If, I can't find a better one yet, but I'll be searching for it. It's not really a cliche, but it's covering the intersection of sports with business, comma, technology, comma, politics and culture, um, which, you know, runs the whole gamut. There's so many stories out there. Um, you know, it's it's not you know if you you know i would like to sway people who only want to stick to sports but um you know i I won't be and it's where you know it's pretty obvious that sports is part of everything the overlap well well, give me give me give me an example give me an example okay sports betting which 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 you did a fine series on for your former paper the boston herald um and uh yeah i mean to have mlb cozy up to the casinos uh, that would have been unheard of five six years ago what happened what changed um you know exploring topics such as that or when teams get invited or disinvited to the white house you know why is that um, explore some of the stuff like that colin kaepernick jay-z and the nfl concussions in the nfl um equal pay for men or women's men and women's soccer um there are there are many many story angles uh, to explore, and I couldn't be more excited to get a chance to do that um, at the Globe. And thrilled that they that that's well, an area they want to tackle and devote you know a whole an entire beat to. Well, this is a rarity. You know, listen, Mike. This is the and we've talked about this. We've talked about this as they say offline, and. <laughs> um, this is a rarity there you you have a it's a rarity that someone gets a new job in the newspaper business but you yeah. you basically pitched this job to the globe right um yeah. sort of that's, yeah that's correct okay so you pitched this job to the globe and good for you carved out saw the saw the opening saw the need for it um they saw the need for it and you're on your way i mean how long were you at the herald for Jeez, i started part-time on the uh, desk uh, in like November of 89 so it's almost 30 years and I went from the desk to like a general assignment sports reporter and then joined the the Red Sox beat in the middle of 95 so this is my 25th season on the beat what was the most fun you had at the Herald probably around 1987 uh, 2007 2008 <laughs> was that the Rob Bradford that was a Rob Bradford era yes but probably no it was flight to Tokyo oh yes I mean that's next to you yeah <laughs> Playing cards, yeah. donning the uh, Japan uh, Air pajamas. Uh, listen, listen. I thought when you can when you can don pajamas with a coworker, you know you know you're at the height of your profession. But yeah. w- seriously, what was in your the Herald? You know, I loved working in the Herald. I love working with you. I love you know the mm-hmm. the mentality of us against them, and we know sort of yeah. the things have taken a turn. You know, I don't taken a turn, but things have changed. Just say. What is, in your time at the Herald, what sort of did you feel like at the height of your powers? And you can't say, to, you can't <laughs> yeah. say today, but you, you know, sort of like, you know, when this was like the height of, when newspapers were the, were the thing and they were rolling because mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only in the last 10 years. I, mean, I remember, you know, when I went to the Herald, it was, oh, you have a blog? We need a blog. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Think, think mm-hmm. about that, how stupid that is now. But what was the height of it for you? I would say between 2003 and 2005, when obviously 2003 was the heartbreak, Aaron Boone, Tim Wakefield crying at his locker, and then the following year, the most you know amazing year to have those two years um you know back to back new york boston the rivalry and you know the rivalry between the herald and the globe and other papers and then in 2005 to see it all blow up with theo walking away Mm. um the the ups and downs of those three years were probably um the most amazing to cover this is all pre-twitter right yeah sure uh, just to you know there was a moment if you know, I guess the highlight of, you know, me at, at the Herald was, you know, anytime you could beat the Globe was, was a good day, right? Right. And I think there was one day where um, the Globe's headline were, Theo will return to the Red Sox and the Globe and the Herald's, you know, my story was that Theo's gone, he's out of here. And there was a while there where we weren't sure who was right. But um, it turned out that we were oh, right. Oh, that so, was, I mean, that was the ultimate. That was the, when... The front page was the front page where you took the basically the the cutout version of the the globe and they plastered it on the front page of the Herald and saying basically we were right and you were wrong. I mean that was you know and that's the dynamic that has changed I think and and this has nothing to do with working at the Globe or working the Herald now but the dynamic you know even even after what you're mentioning when I was there it was. Globe versus Herald. I mean, that's what it was, and you. There yeah. were other papers, but it was the. It was understood if you're at the Herald, your priority was to beat the Globe. Yeah, yeah, be the feisty tabloid. So um, I think that that was maybe that was to get back to your question. That it was probably the heyday mm. of uh, you know the content was there right to make that happen, and the personalities. You know what was happening on the field with the Red Sox and the, the personalities in the uh, clubhouse with Pedro with Schilling with uh ortiz manny i mean if you transplant that quartet into the current you know squad it blows away the personalities you have with jd martinez and mookie and david price and chris sale i mean those guys were live wires oh yeah forces and you know had twitter been around then it might have blown up and disappeared it would have been amazing to have you know that twitter era back then with those storylines and those personalities i think that i think i know the answer to this is that you know you about missing the beat um because you're going to be doing stuff number one you can sit at your couch and do it um you can you don't have underwear and you're you know what you didn't have to add that but that's okay um this is (laughs) this is a very spicy podcast um but it's it, you can. I don't think that you're going to. We can be honest about this. I don't think you are going to miss being a beat writer because beat writers, being a beat writer in this day and age, is more exhausting than ever because of all the things that you mentioned, and 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 also let's be honest, like the personalities, it's, it's not the same. It's just not the same. So I'm yeah. going to put words in your mouth and say you probably won't miss being a beat writer. Um, you're. You're correct. I mean, that's that's a big part of the job, and that's I'm not going to miss that. I, I got it out of my system, let's say, and let's say also that you know if I could have found an exit earlier than this, I, I probably would have taken it. But it's taken a while, 
maybe I overstayed my welcome, but um, it's been I've been doing this for a really long time, and I really think for anyone, I mean, unless you totally love it and can't wait to get to work, I mean, this is uh, it takes you know it, it's there are lots of challenges with working nights and summers and traveling and whatnot, and um, you know I, I know most people don't want to hear that. But um, it's true. It's, it's just the truth. It wears it wears you out um, eventually, and you know you have all off season to recover. And I get you know I always did, but it's definitely time for a change. And change is good. And mm. uh, you know this is I'm excited about this change I get to have. And I know you got to get going. But last question: Were you worried along those lines? You do you do the book with Pedro. That's helps put the kids through college. So congratulations. Um, it was an excellent book. Yeah, I think that was a semester. Oh, yeah, semester, okay. But were you ever worried, and I think we all worried about this, especially as we get older, were you ever worried that, oh, my goodness, this is where I'm going to be? Like the, the challenge, the, the opportunity and the challenge that you have been afforded now was never going to come up. Now, I think a lot of people sort of in the industry – Maybe the athletic has been the thing where people have hired, uh-huh. you know. But were you ever worried, like, oh, man, you know, this is this is sort of like this is what I'm going to be, you know, until my dying day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that prospect was not one I wanted to face. So I, I was, you know, I, I worked, and I feel incredibly fortunate to have found a different option. Well, so I know I know I'm extremely fortunate. So no, but because um, yeah, I didn't want to face that prospect. Yeah, and I again I know you got to get going, but I just want to I want to sum it up by saying it's well deserved. I haven't felt a, a lot of people have changed jobs, and I'm happy for anybody who gets a good job. But I can honestly say that I haven't felt better about someone getting a job more deserving than you did in this situation, Mike. So uh, that's incredibly kind of you you're not done with me yet though I'll, I'll be seeing you around but i appreciate that rob then i take it back if we're not done then i take it all back um all right well i good job good good job with everything and good, uh, good, good, good job, job. Good job. i'll talk to you later the uh joining us for the end of summer the end of silverman podcast is uh john tomasi who has a unique perspective of both situations the end of summer and the end of silverman uh, much much like my son, did you do you also have passes to Water Country for the last day that's open? <laughs> Thank you. That, that I mean, yes. I well, that was actually a question. I said, "Do you have passes?" But oh, no. I thought you said I do. I thought you were offering them to me. I'm like, "Why are you well, taking them from your kid?" Well, there's only one day. That Anything I, to get a podcast? Well, guess. Uh, yes, that's what we pay. In. We pay in, in passes to Water Country when there's one day left in the season. So either yeah. you, you redeem them t- tomorrow or uh, basically on Labor Day, whenever you're listening to this, on Monday, or you don't use them at all. And the point is, is that it is the the end of summer it's the end of summer i went to the beach today john and i stared out into the ocean and i said it's the end of summer and then you said there are sharks out there there are sharks out there it could be worse i could be eaten by a shark um i will say this very quickly yes. so with global warming and whatever summer lasts longer than it should and pet peeve as long as you're bringing up water parks all the town pools close like the last week of august and if you got two little kids like i do and you want to take them swimming or you want to take them to the pool, 
they close on like August 23rd. It's like, it's going to be warm until it's going to be swimmable until about Halloween. So maybe we should keep these suckers open could, a little longer. I, see, I, I just could, needed to see, say that. I could see you pressing your face against the gate, screaming at the town officials saying, don't you know about global warming? What exactly. is Don't you know I'm on TV? Open the gates. <laughs> Open the gates. My suits are lined with TV money. Um, <laughs> but the... Uh, Yes. Yeah, so anyway, it's the end. Of, the end of summer is upon us, and um, and it is a sad thing. So, where do you want to first start first? The end of summer or the end of Silverman? Uh, well, what is exactly the end of summer topic? So it's basically that it's the end of summer. Okay. And, and we can reflect on was it like an entertaining summer? It was no. It was it. It was a a fun summer to be around the great game of baseball. And no. then the the other part about this is that we've seen um, other seasons. You and I have seen plenty of seasons where now you turn into post summer a baseball, and you get into September. I'm not talking about October, but September. And, you know, it, it can be very interesting. It can be very dramatic. And how does it feel right now? So the first question, if we're going to start with the, the end of summer, then the first thing I would say is this, is this the biggest sad trombone of a season that we've had in, in quite some time? Yeah, this is a weird one for me because it hasn't been, you know, unmitigated disaster like 12 or 14 or some of those seasons where they never had a chance they're on but the periphery. Let me stop, let me stop you right there, because 12, you had Bobby Valentine, right? Yeah, it was so, a disaster. So it was a disaster, but it was entertaining the entire time. For- yeah, I don't know about the entire time. It sort of wore oh, out its oh, welcome by, oh, I don't know, August. The last, but- day, the last day of the season when he's throwing the coaches onto the bus on the – on the radio, I mean, so... It was just exhausting. Bobby was exhausting yeah, for me, but, but the, the greater point is you're coming off a World Series, so we've talked about this quite a bit on our shows at NBC Sports, and it's like, you can't really be, and maybe this is just me, I, I, I have a hard time being angry about this season. It's a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say indifferent, because that's not quite the word I'm looking for, but... It's sort of like, yeah, they won it last year. They just had a bad year this year. And you can't be that worked up about it. You compare it to, like, the Celtics, a team that everybody had high expectations for and imploded, and they never won anything, as it turns out. This Red Sox team at least had a historic season last year. So, I don't know, it doesn't feel as, uh, you know, end-of-the-world-like as it did in previous years where they crashed after winning a World Series or, you know, with high expectations. Well, as I wrote today, you know, you have um, you have Cora basically saying, we're going to ask me on September 1st, ask me on September 1st. September 1st comes around, and, and like I said, they – I think that it's now you're going to have to say, ask me on September 8th or ask me on September 10th. And I, I think that we, we sort of know the answer, but we can't definitively say the answer to what this team is or what their lot in life is. And and that's also bizarre. There is, I don't think that we've ever, we've gotten to a September 1st in a long, long time where we're sitting there and we're thinking, you know, you know what the heck is this like what what are we seeing what what is this good is this bad is this a good team is this a bad team do they have a chance don't they have a chance it's bizarre 
It is, and yet I think deep down we all know that they don't really have a chance. Like they, they, you know, they could go on this amazing run. Certainly, the road trip they just finished up in Anaheim uh, pointed in the right direction. Finally, it's taken a while, and they do seem to have embraced this like just show up at the park and whoever's pitching, you know, they're going to use eight guys and it's sort of like all hands on deck. They seem to be thriving a little bit more uh, under that than they were earlier in the year when they had a mostly full complement of pitchers. But you still know, even if by some miracle they make it, you just look at the roster composition and you're like, all right, this isn't a yeah. team that's going to go but, anywhere but, but in the that's playoffs. A, that's the thing. Is that I, I think about that. Is that you know you have a you have an eight game stretch on the West Coast where you you had a good you had a good run, but I think in the was it, is it eight games right? Was it eight games? Yeah, six and two. Yep. Yeah, so six and two. So you eight games and your starting pitchers totaled thirty innings. And you say, well, that doesn't, you know, how is that going to translate into a good team or a team that's going to do anything if you actually do end up getting there? But here's the thing, John, like if you do get there, if you are finding yourself there, then you're going to have already gone on an epic run. You're going to have have all kinds of momentum. You're going to have an unbelievable story. So as we sit here right now, we're like, that team isn't a playoff team. That team can't do anything. But if you end up, where you know where they want to be like that this is a, it will be a different story that we're sitting with, with right now i don't think it can happen because i don't think it's sustainable like you can't you can't just keep running out relievers like this you can't yeah. do it it's not plausible yeah. yeah especially when you consider the teams that have been able to do it like the indians from a couple of years ago spring to mind whereas andrew miller and the bullpen and they had no starters and uh, you know, Terry Francona sort of finessed his way uh, to Game 7 of the World Series. You don't have that kind of personnel in your bullpen right now. So it's like every game, and they, they have been on this great run where no matter who they throw out there, whether it's Josh Taylor starting or relieving or Darwin's and Hernandez or any of these guys, they're all delivering. But you just think of how much you're asking of – you know, a bunch of 4A pitchers. That's what you have now with the September call-ups. Uh, and, you know, the game Saturday to me was sort of the telling one of how quickly it can go south, where Ryan Brazier comes in, you're up 4-3, seven runs later, the game is over. That's the tightrope that you walk when you ask these guy, this caliber of pitcher. And these guys have pitched very well, but nobody's mistaking them for Andrew Miller or, you know, some of these other bullpens that have have made these epic runs and the other thing we shouldn't overlook is what did Alex Cora tell us at the start of August for about two weeks he kept saying the schedule the schedule the schedule you know we're going to be able to get creative here in August because we have off days coming up and they had two off days a week for like practically a month well that's coming to an end they have Labor Day off and then I think what they have two days off the rest of the season so I understand you've brought in reinforcements from AAA but let's not forget that those guys are in AAA for a reason. So anyway, this is just a long-winded way of saying, when you say it's not sustainable, I'm with you, and I think the schedule is going to make it harder uh, on top of all the other challenges. The um, Also, to come back to the most important part of this whole conversation, you know, is the water park conversation. Because, oh, yeah. It, because uh, have you, are you, you go to the water park at all? Uh, no, I don't, I don't like water. You, you've been to a water park, though, right? Sure. I've always said that you never the thing that never the one thing that makes you feel older than any other thing in life 
is when you get onto a tube at the top of a water slide and you sit in the tube and you sink down and you have the college lifeguard looking down at you just like like this shaking their head and then you have to sort of nudge your way cuz you you're you you're, you're grinding on the bottom of the of the ramp and it's a little too much bulk there oh it's just in the whole and you're all bunched up and is there is nothing worse so i guess what i'm saying is it's good here's the one of the things that make the fact that summer's coming to an end, something that we should look forward to. No more water park slides. You've been known to uh, spend the day at the water park on the road by yourself. Yeah, I, I, was, recall, I, was right? tell, I was regaling some youngsters uh, at the office the other day about that um, because they were just throwing away these water country passes just all over the office. I Thank said, you for those, it, by it, the way. Oh, yes, it was. You're welcome. That and t-shirts. Um, the but I was telling them one of the greatest moments in radio history was yes when I went to the water park at Six Flags in Texas and I sat there in my at Bradfoe T-shirt by myself on just uh, dipping my feet in the uh, into the lazy river while eating a mango on a stick and probably having the authorities having a close eye on me saying what yeah you were this close to being asked to leave <laughs> exactly what is your what is your before we get to the uh, the end of Silverman. Um, what is your f- favorite memory? What is your memory from the summer? And I'm not talking about oh this game or that game. Obviously, you know I went to London, so that would jump. You know, finding out where John Lennon did LSD for the first time, getting yep. opportunities, a, a great thing. And other than also of just walking through the streets of Boston now with your newly uh, TV money line coats. Um, what is, yeah, I don't go out in public as much anymore because yeah. I'm too famous. That's, you know, that's I'm, just, I'm too big a deal. That's fair. What is the thing that jumps out? Is it is it just like, oh my goodness, you go to the park and it's you know it it just there isn't a, there isn't an excitement. There isn't like there wasn't really in the last three months um, a stretch where you're like, oh man, this is everyone's jacked because the story is going to be so good or whatever. Is there any? Was there any moment? Yeah, so I would say two moments stand out from the baseball season, if that's what you're asking me about. One was the 12-man game. I meant from your family life. What's that? I meant for your family life. Baseball is my family. I know. Um, uh, The 12-minute game was, I thought that was actually pretty cool. Even my dark, black, cynical heart uh, found a way to uh, appreciate that. You know, the park filled with kids and just a totally different atmosphere kind of breaks you out of the monotony of a, of a baseball season. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then some of the stretches where Devers was just on fire. It was actually fun to have, you know, sort of appointment viewing for him and Bogarts even uh, together in the middle of that lineup when they were really rolling in like July. Uh, so I guess those would be two things that stick out from a baseball perspective. Two good ones. The, 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 the 12-minute game was, you know, I don't care. I don't care if people want to say, be cynical about it. Those were the best th- 603 words I've never, ever uttered on a broadcast. <laughs> and it was it was absolutely, it, We I think we both said this in our different ways, but it was absolutely a reminder of like, oh, this is good. This can be, Baseball can be fun. You know, it can be a good experience, and you don't need a moon bounce in left field. It's okay. You know, so it was a good thing. Good, good one. Good, excellent, excellent job. Um, Thank you. So, uh, so Silverado, Michael yep. Silverman, who um, everyone just heard on this podcast, um, explain what he's doing and why he did it and where he's going. 
uh, you and I both worked at the Herald the same time he did. I was covering the Red Sox with Michael. Um, you were covering the Patriots at the time? Yes. Yeah, but then I switched over. I mean, I was on the Red Sox beat you were with him for Sox. like yeah, yeah. So, six um, years. I asked one of the things I asked Mike was, you know, what was sort of the heyday what, of his time at the Herald? He was there since 1989. It's crazy. Yeah. And was the heyday? He said probably 2003 to 2005. It was Herald versus Globe. It was you know you didn't have so much social media stuff, so it was just raw newspaper on newspaper. The team was entertaining. The personalities were big. You know he had cited that you know when the Globe is wrong about Theo leaving or whatever it was. And oh Herald yeah, was he right. broke that story. Yeah, yeah, and you know they had the you had the cut out of the Globe story on the front page of the Herald, and you. You know, there was that, and I, I'm I'm with him. I mean, that was before Twitter. That again, the best way to put it is it was just raw newspaper on newspaper. But you know, Mike is was so so good at you know that type of stuff. Of you know, he obviously had a lot of connections, and you know, it was great when when you did have the Herald versus a Globe. You know, that dynamic when you did have. You know, a guy like that, you know, being able to break those sort of stories. What jumps out to you about working with him? Yeah, so, I mean, I was definitely going to bring up the Theo story because that was such a, just a perfect Boston story. You know, I remember talking to somebody from out of town and they were like, wait a minute, you're, it was another writer from another city and it was just, it was a football writer and he was like, so wait a minute, like the GM coming and going is like the biggest story in Boston, bigger than the players. And I'm like, yeah, you don't understand. This is Theo. He's from here. It's, you know, and, it, and it's such a, like a, it seemed like such a tragedy at the time that he was leaving. But the fact that you had Mike, he was so stealthy. I don't want to talk about him in the past tense. He's obviously still going to be, but in terms of a baseball writer, very stealthy about just hammering you with great stories. And that 03 to 05 time frame, I thought he dominated the Red Sox beat. If you remember, he was the guy who really had Scott Boris, so it seemed like every he did a big story from Boris headquarters, uh, like a peek behind the curtain of the of the Kingmaker basically. And this was at a time when his clients were all over the place. Uh, and so he dominated that he had the Theo thing. I'm trying to think there were some other big... Oh, John Henry. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. Like, John Henry owning the Globe, and it seemed like the only reporter he talked to, unless he saw you on the field in a foreign country, was uh, Silverman. Like, Silverman got a ton of great John Henry stories over the years, and that spoke to, uh, you know, his own professionalism and the, the trust that he had developed probably also a little to Henry's quirkiness that he didn't seem to mind giving big stories to the rival paper. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that Mike produced year after year after it's year. It's funny. You mentioned Boris. I'll never forget. It was a great moment. It was a winter meetings, I think, in Vegas around 08, I think. And I don't know, I don't know if you were around for this, but he, he basically he broke a story about Veritech. And it was – and so – the. It runs online, and we see it, and it says Boris colon Veritech whatever. I don't yep. forget what it was, and and we're like, oh, great job, because the Globe people were all like, oh, they were all broken up about it. They, you know, the Herald beat them, and we're like, oh, good job, Mike, good job, Mike, and he's like, oh, it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, we saw Boris colon. He's like, what, what? 
what? And then he's like, and then he's like, it should it should have said source colon instead of Boris colon. Yeah, but uh, that was a uh, an editing mistake, which yeah, sometimes yeah. happens. Yeah, but it was um, I don't know, but that was it was he had a lot of good stuff, and that was it's good to be reminded of like how much stuff he had. It really was. He had to be at the same place as long as he was is pretty incredible. And and you know it is tough. I mean, this this be honest about this. You know, the way that things have turned at the Herald has been tough. I, I think I look at you know I don't look at like oh my goodness they're cutting costs and they're laying people off. They still have really really good people there. They have a ton of good people over there. Yeah, Karen Gregan on the Patriots. I mean, you can go down the list. Yeah, but. The, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you can't ignore what's going on. You know, they're, they're covering, certainly they're covering road games with one person, and which never was the case. Um, a lot of home games they're covering with one person. And, and it's just, it's just changed. So as I said to him, I don't, a lot of people have switched jobs. I feel good for anybody who is able to advance their career, but I don't think that I've had uh, like a, a, someone I felt so good for. Um, yeah, I felt good for you, obviously, but you know, but, <laughs> but you were conflicted. But but yeah, I was conflicted. But it's you know it's it's you. Uh, you I I felt like you were going to have options no matter what. And you with the Herald, the, all those Herald people. It's tough. I mean, it's really tough. And but in, especially as let's be honest, as you get older, it gets tougher. And so for Mike to find this, where it's not only a really good job for him, it's a really unique job for him. The lifestyle is going to be better for him. The, probably the pay is going to be better for him. All of it for him after all the years that he put in at the Herald to land there, you know. It's. I think it's a pretty cool thing, and I think it's. Like I said, I, I, I don't think I felt that good for someone in this business in a long, long time. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when he told me we were in Cleveland, and when he told me, I was like, I gotta admit, I have goosebumps right now because it just came out of nowhere, and it was exactly what you're talking about. It was like this is somebody who put in his time, who did it the right way, and is being rewarded for it, and he deserves it, you know. And so it was great to see. Like I have one other example of of working with him like this is the kind of guy he was to work with so one of the winter meetings that we covered together i forget which one it was might have been indy when did when, whichever one where they ended up signing adrian beltray that off season wherever we were then so we're working together he's the baseball columnist i'm the beat guy and so he comes up to me and he's like hey uh you know there's a decent story here i won't say what the story was but he said uh if you want it you know, here, this is what's going on, you know, and I'm like, don't you want to write it? He's like, no, no, you write it. It's good. And so I write this story that ends up like being back in the early days of caring about, you know, being linked and all that stuff. It gets quoted everywhere. And I felt so sheepish about it because it was like the Boston Herald's John Tomasi is reporting, you know, blah, blah, blah with the Red Sox. And I was like, that was your story, not mine. He's like, no, it's good. It's good. You know, he's like, I didn't really have a, a place to do it. You take it. And it was like, man, that is somebody who is very confident in his ability to break stories that he's just handing one off. Like, I got to admit, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not that dick. Well, now you don't have to worry about it because you are you just break your own stories on TV, and that's what it's all about. It's really just about being incredibly handsome. It's really, so it's, that I've, I've got that nailed. As long as the makeup, you're paid in makeup, just like the old days at CNA. You're you're paid you're paid in makeup. 
um, and, and, and massive amounts of cash. Um, but, uh, all right. Well, I think we, we, I think we did a lot today. I think we accomplished a lot. So it's, it's, well, I'm happy. I'm always, you know, that the bat phone is always ready. If you need an but, emergency podcast, well, guest, by I'm the, way, here. the one that we did, the Eck price one, very, very successful. Very no, I'm sure. Yes, and it, nothing to do with the headline, and nothing to do with Eck and Price being in the headline. All about the content. All right, thank you. You got it. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Forget front row seats. We're taking you into the action on the field and in the dugout with Season 2 of Play Loud. Follow some of the league's biggest stars as we mic them up and get the cameras rolling during some of the hottest matchups of the season. Catch real-time reactions from Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor in the field and catch all the hilarious conversations between players off the field with unprecedented access. Watch episodes of Play Loud at YouTube.com slash MLB. Play Loud brings you baseball like you've never seen before. I'm Matt Spiegel, and I'm the host of the brand new podcast, Beat the Streak Daily. Every weekday this Major League season, I will update the state of Beat the Streak. The rules are simple. Each day, pick one or two players you think will get a hit. And if they do, your streak continues. Sounds doable, right? But so far, it's been impossible to win. And with millions of dollars on the line, no one has ever gotten to 56. Subscribe now to Beat the Streak Daily, wherever you get your podcasts, and play Beat the Streak for your chance to win $5.6 million.